Go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Long Post Radio. Now entering the studio of ELR Prophetic Chef, where we're spreading the gospel throughout all nations. Thank you for being our guest. God bless you.
Amen, guys. We're getting ready to come in for those who are listening live. Hallelujah. glory on today. We're getting ready to go ahead and turn this over to the woman of God. Everybody, we going down the for the 30... 30- everybody for tuning in to a mantle of prayer on tonight amen we're gonna turn it over to the anointed host on tonight amen every tuesday night amen would you would receive amen a downloadation of a revelation download right here on tonight amen come and get it right now amen on tonight so we just introduced the summit others amen the host for tonight turn it over to the honorable dr prophet linda God bless you. Well, praise the Lord, saints. Amen. Thank God for just being here alive tonight on the podcast. Uh, We thank you for following us all over the world and the United States of America. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to where we were last night. Not the last night, but last week. uh, Psalms 91. And God told me we're going to continue that. Hallelujah. We'll just cover part two. Amen. Amen. And the sermon last week. Hallelujah. And the secret place. Amen. Amen. In the secret place. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 92, in the secret place. Psalms 92, while you're finding that, if you wish, you could find a piece of paper and pencil. However you want to, we'll know that the scriptures just be not. Psalms 91, I'm sorry. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, hallelujah, God, for keeping us for such a time as it is. God, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your kingdom-building relationship with us. Father, hide me behind the cross that I might only see you. I rebuke every spirit 
but try to stop me, block me, hinder me. Hide me in your glory, God, that I only peek out unless I see you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. In the secret place. In a hiding place. As we said last week, uh, this particular scripture here was written. Moses lived 140 years. And uh, this was a point when they were in the desert. And they were lost. They were confused. Some of them were beginning to complain. Well, I could have gone back and might as well stay where I was. At least I had something to eat and a place to lay down my head. All kinds of things were going on. And even some people decided I was going to be complaining. Um, and so God speaks to the children of Israel in the desert through the Mo through Moses, and he begins to tell them again, he that dwelleth in a secret place. In other words, those that love me, love those that will answer to me. Those that can hear me spiritually, dwell in me, live in me, take up residence in me. Don't forget, don't worry about who's, who's around you, who's your best friend, who likes you, who don't like you. But you must understand that Moses was having had thousands and thousands of people on the desert. And they were all looking for his leadership. They were looking for him because they didn't, didn't know what to do. You know, they were looking around and maybe food was scarce and children were crying and animals disappeared and had nothing food to eat. So they were desperate. God's call pulls us sometimes. Uh, in desperation so we can be closer to him. For example, when you go to, to, to uh, Job, Job was desperate. Job 1, when he began to tell him, he, God began to brag on Job. Let him know he's not going to fail him. He's going to follow his instructions. He's going to do what God called him to do. Well, we have the children of Israel that are sitting in the desert again and wanting to know, give me some instructions. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to do. Tell me how to act. I don't know what to do, God. Again, I'm going to go down briefly. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So God's telling him again, this is what I want you to do. I want you to live in me, breathe in me, and be with me. Second verse says this, And I shall say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress and my God, and Him I will trust. So he's telling him, God wants us to trust 
trust him, trust him, not trust what you think, not what you believe, but the trust in him. And three says that surely he shall deliver thee from the snares of the fowler. Surely God will hide himself in such a place that he will protection. You will now be in a place of protection, even though, even though you're in the desert. It says, and from the noisome pestilence. For it says this, but he shall cover thee with his feathers. Yes. His feathers. Not Moses' feathers, but God saying to his children, I want you to know that I'm going to cover you, okay, under the wing with the feathers of God. The tenderness of God, the kindness of God, the reflections of God. He wants to cover us all. God says this, and thou shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor by the arrows that flyeth by noonday. So God's saying to them, don't worry. Whether it's day or night, I'm going to take care of you. Whether you're happy or unhappy, I'm still going to take care of you. I'm going to provide all of your needs, whether it's daylight or darkness. Seven says this, and thou shall fall at thy side. And 10,000, hallelujah, 10,000 at thy right hand. The right hand represents power. The right hand represents the authority of God. And shall not come, I'm not come not near thee. Eight says this, only with thine eyes shall thy hold and see the rewards of the wicked. So God has promised us that you will not leave this earth without knowing that the enemy that would try to take you out, they will be taken out by themselves. Because I have a covering over you. I have a covering of over your life. I have a, have a covering over your destiny. Only with thine eyes shalt thy behold and see the rewards of the wicked. Verse 9 says this, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, and the habitation. So now, in other words, when you stay in my will, when you stay and take directions with me, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. In fact, many times, um, God told Joshua, do not be afraid. In 2021, God's still telling us some the same word of God. Do not be afraid. Pandemic, do not be afraid. Lack of money, do not be afraid. Death and destruction, do not be afraid. God spoke this word before we were formed in our mother's womb, but now he's telling us again the same thing. Do not be 
afraid. Now, you wonder why God's asking, telling us over and over and over, generationally, do not be afraid. Because he knows our hearts. God knows sometimes things going in our heart that it makes us feel as we are afraid. So he tells us over and over and over in the scriptures, do not be afraid. Don't worry. Everything's going to work out for your good. Now, we don't tell the, the, we don't tell the hands of God when to do it how to do it but he's made a promise to us and God has never lied and because God has not relied you know whatever this book says it is the truth that there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague near dry dwelling place 11 for he shall give him angels charge over thee. Angels, angels. For years, you people wouldn't talk so much about angels. But because the word of God speaks of angels, godly angels, God dispatches what we need when we need it how we need it and where we believe it. That God has given us a charge, angels over us. My angel might not be his angel. Somebody else's angel could be somebody else's angel. But God has promised us in this scripture here that he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. So in all our ways, God, he has picked us out and given us somebody that to stand with us at all times in the spirit to protect us, to guide us. Have you ever been in a car and in the middle of the night and you didn't know where you were, but you weren't afraid of what? Because he has that angel just for you to let you know that he is protecting you. I remember years ago, I was coming from work one night and I was on about 22nd Avenue and uh, 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 in, in Opelika. And I got down off that particular road there because I had to drop somebody off from work and all of a sudden one of the tires went flat and it was in a dark place it was right on the other side of now right before you get to Opalaka Boulevard and 22nd Avenue and I heard this boom 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 and I didn't know what it was so I said now Lord you know what you're doing and it was a liquor store not far away. So it must have been on a Sunday because it was dark. I know that much. And the liquor stores was closed on Sundays. And I got out the car. And the car was just flat as I don't know what. And I said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to 
um, I opened my trunk. I looked around, and I looked, opened my trunk, and I took my little spare out. They had the little little spare, and I kind of remember my my brother or cousin. Somebody kind of told me when they showed me how to change a flat. And um, I said, okay. God, I don't know what to do. I said, protect me. Opened my car, off my trunk, went down there, pulled the thing out. And suddenly, this man appeared. This is for sure, for sure. He just suddenly appeared. I don't know where he came from. All of a sudden, he was there. And he said, ma'am, I looked up. I said, yes. He says, ma'am, I can help you. I can do that for you. I said, no, son. I said, I have, um, I don't have any cash, any money to pay you. And I don't, um, I, I probably can do it. He said, no, 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 no. He said, ma'am, he said, um, he said, I have a mom. And she looks about your age. She says, so he says, I'll do it. I'll. I'll do the uh, t- change the tire for you. And I said, I said, you sure, son? He said, yes, ma'am. I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my, my phone number, my address, and I'll make sure I'll come by or I'll send you um, some. He said, no, 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 no. So he took it out and I looked around and I'm looking and I had a little flashlight in my hand and he was put on the, and as soon as he turned around, he said, um, he said, okay, ma'am, I'll put it in the back. So he put it in there, and before I could turn around to hand him my card or some information, he just disappeared like he never existed. And I said, God, where was there's no way that young man could have disappeared that quick. God said to me, I sent you an angel. So God dispatches angels for us in a time of trouble. God dispatches your angels that he has for you. You just have to trust and believe that God will take care of us. He will make a way for us because he's talking again to thousands of people in the desert and says he that dwelleth in a secret place. A secret place. And he shall give her, give his angels charge over thee to keep thee all in thy ways. So he doesn't just, he doesn't just give you angels with a charge. But he's telling you that I'm going to protect you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to watch out for you in all your ways. Not just bad things, not just good things, not just happy things, not just bad things. But he says he's going to keep charge over you all of your ways. All. Everything. Happy, sad, I don't know what, but. He's saying, I'm going to give you charge over a thing all your ways. Mm-hmm. And, and thou shall bear thee up there their hands, lest thy dash 
against the feet. So he says, I'm going to bear you up. I'm going to lift you up. And, uh, and, there, and your hands, lest thy dash against the soul. In other words, uh, I don't want you to be, I don't want you to be worried, but I want you to know no matter what's going to happen, I'm going to cover you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to protect you in the storm. I'm going to protect you in the rain. I'm going to take, protect you no matter what's going to happen in your life. That I will be with you. The Bible says always. I will be with you always forever and eternity. He will be with you always. So you don't have to worry whether you're tired does, is, 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 is no longer working good or, or whether the children have run off and left you, whether, whether the children said, I don't want to talk to my parents anymore. I don't want to talk to my cousins, my brothers, my sisters. He says, I will take care of you and protect you no matter the circumstances that you're going to live in. That's gone to 14. It says, because he has set love upon me. So God has set his love. God has set his love. From the beginning of this, this, this chapter, for he that dwells in the secret place, now he's saying to you, I, I want you to know that I'm set my love on you. Literally, I want you to realize that God's love is sitting on you. Whether you're fat, skinny, ugly, making mistakes, heterosexual, monogamous, it doesn't matter. He says, I'm setting my love on you. God does not like your ways when you're ugly. God don't like you when you're cheating. God doesn't like you do the things that are not a God, but he sets his love on us. Just think about it. He literally set his love on you from the cross. That's a word right there. Jesus set his love on you, on top of you. Just imagine. He sets his love on top of you and in you from the cross. Because if he had not done it from the cross, none of us had the ability to get into the kingdom of God. But it says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will will deliver him. So that means God's a promise that he will deliver us. From our afflictions, when we give our life to Christ, he will deliver us out of everything and anything. When you have made up your mind to give your whole entire life to him and walk in the precepts and the values and have the integrity of God. Put that back again. When we do as God has promised us. Okay, once you've given your life to Christ, okay, you're in the process of growing in him 
and knowing what he called you to do and then just do it, treating people right. And the love that he set on you now, okay, set on his love for you, that I will set him on high because he, he has known my name. So you've got to know Jesus' name. You've got to know Christ and the pardon of your sin. You can't go around it because God's so high. You can't go around it. You can't. God goes so low that he, he, you cannot hide from him. So when you set your things, yourself on the things above and give your total life to Christ. So is that this whole scriptures is talking about being in a dwelling place with God. Okay, so no matter what you go through, that Christ has promised us that he will do what he has promised to do. He will cover you with his weather. He has promised us with long life and prosperity. He promised us that he would send us angels of protection. He says, and he will answer. He shall call upon me and I I will answer him and he will uh, end with trouble even, even in trouble I will deliver him and honor him so he's promising us in Psalms 91 that he will come down and deliver he will make good on his promises. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past when you give your life to Christ. All of you. Not the part that you want because it looks good and looks pretty and kind-hearted. And, and then on the other part of you, uh, uh, sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you want to serve God and the next minute, don't you won't. And sometimes you, you serve God in the church, you serve God around your friends, but then you get in another place and you pick up women, you pick up men, you do all kinds of things. Why? Because you have not made up your mind to do that which is right. And do that which is right is honorable unto God. We must live a, such a life that whether anyone's around you or not, God is the most important thing to us. Jesus himself is the most important entity that we have or will have in our life. We must live our lives every day as if Christ is sitting right next to us and seeing everything we do, saying, knowing what we're saying, where are we going, how are we treating people? Because he has an account on record to know what we're doing and what we're not doing. But when we live in that secret place, when we live in that an environment that I'm wrapped up in God, that I'm wrapped up in his word. I'm wrapped up in his way. I'm wrapped up no matter what's going to happen. 
If I rely die tonight, God, I believe I could end up in eternity. Why? Because of his secret place. And he's telling me, I'm even going to dispatch some angels to walk by your side. My God, my God. Now, he doesn't tell us who, which angel he's sending there. He doesn't tell us who. But in the times when you're feeling alone, when you times you're feeling like you don't understand, when you have the times where it looks like nothing's working right for you, whether it's financially, socially, economically, physically, everything. There are times in a life that we feel that we're left alone. But ladies and gentlemen, I believe in those times, those are the times that God is the most closest to you. Again, I believe, and I have experienced in my lifetime, that when we feel so far from God, usually those are the times when we are the closest. Being why in those times that we feel far away, that's when your antenna is up there knowing, I need you. Not that I need you, God, but I want you. And not just I want you, but I got to have you. Not that I got to have you, but I can't breathe without you. Because the intimacy comes. The closeness comes. The searching for God is there now. Why? Because you're in a secret place with him. And now beyond all the bad things, now I'm moving into the inner court of God. And while while I'm going into the inner court of God now, God has now just dispatched my angel, my my angel, my 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 my, my person that walks with me and talks with me and love on me in the midst of my storm. I've got a buddy, a buddy. Remember when we're in school, the kids we had said, "Well, y'all get a buddy." Get a friend and always know where your little friend is when we go on, on field trips or when you go out. To, we'd always get a little buddy and we'd just go hand it out to the, to, the, to the playground. Why? Because you had a buddy. Well, God's give us a buddy. God gives us our own personal angel. So can you imagine here in the children of Israel? Are sitting there in the middle of the desert, and God has dispatched millions and thousands of angels because of his love. And because the Bible says, and he set his love on us. He set his love on us. 14 says again, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, will I deliver I him. So he says now, because you set your love on me, I'm going to deliver you. Deliver you from every storm. Deliver you from every generational curse. Deliver you from everything that was might have been on your bloodline, on your mother's side, your father's side. I'm going to deliver you. Why? Because you have set your love on me. I will set him on high. So now God has promised us, I'm going to elevate you. I'm going to elevate your mind, your body, and your spirit, son, because you've made up in your mind that you need Jesus. 
15 says this, and he shall call upon me. That means Jesus wants us to call on him. Not on Buddha, not on Allah, not on the witchcraft workers, but set your love on him and call on him. That's why a lot of times we'll go to churches and somebody says, go, come on, come on, daughter. Call on Jesus. Call on Jesus. Call, because Jesus is the most important thing that we can have in our lifetime. So he's telling them to call on him. And he will deliver him. But not that he will deliver him. He said, but he would honor him. That when you do those things that God have called you to do, he would not love, he would not just love you, but he's going to honor you. He's going to put you in a place that says this daughter has made up her mind to love me with all her whole heart. Because he says, I've set my love on him. 16 says this, with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Let's work it. 16. With long life, God promised us. I don't know about you. I remind God every day. God, you promised me long life. You remind, you, 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 got, you, you, you were promised me. You said that he's going to take care of me. You promised me you were going to uh, fix my body and get me back in order. You promised me you would allow me to preach the gospel. You promised me in the midst of my storms and my rain. You promised me, God. So now I'm reminding you of what your word said. Promises, promises, promises. God is the ultimate promise keeper. Yes, yes, he is. God is the ultimate promise keeper. So saying with long life will I satisfy you. With long life. Now my time might not be your time, and your time might not be my time, and my grandma's time might be somebody else's time. But God knows our individual, our our timeline of, of life and death. So that's why some people I believe they might die, they might die early. You know why? Because that that was what God allowed them to happen to them. Sometimes I think people uh, died out of disobedience to God. We don't know the mind of God. But he's saying to us at this point here, he says, he says, with long life, long, long, long. He says, with long life, shall I satisfy thee? Satisfy, satisfy. Satisfy is like going in your favorite restaurant and picking out the food that you want to eat and you just sit there and you eat it and eat it and you just eat every morsel and you think, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Well, God wants us to be satisfied like that. He wants to be, she wants to show his glory in us. He wants to move by his power in us. He wants to bless us uh, even more than we can think of. imagine. Why? Because he said 
he shall satisfy us with long life. Moses lived a hundred, uh, 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 a whole long time. He had uh, three periods of 40 years. He lived 125 or 40 years and Moses had long life. So I believe that God can allow us to have a longer life as we live like Christ, talk like Christ, act like Christ. Not perpetrate, not to be the great pretender or be saved around some people and unsaved around other people or be saved around this one and the other one say, oh, you can go and have sex. No, no. God said he talks about long life because he loves us. There's nothing hidden under God. That's why he says with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? How does God show us his salvation? First, his, he satisfies his salvation simply by allowing us to, to accept him as a part of our sins. We know that Romans 8 tells us and gives us the, the attitude in which we can receive his salvation. God does not beat us into subjection. He doesn't beat us until make us want us to give ourselves our soul to Christ. He doesn't want to pressure us, but he lets us know that when we give on our own accord our life to him, then we have the opportunity to give freely ourselves to God. That's why he steps back and allow you to say, Father, forgive me. I repent. I change my life. And with the fruit of my lips and my heart, I confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgive me for your sin. Why? He's giving you, it says he's showing him my salvation. My salvation. My salvation. God's promising us tonight that we have to see the total picture of the children of Israel. You have to see the total picture of, Me of Moses going to the mountaintop and getting a word of revelation for his people. We got to see the total picture that God doesn't owe us anything. He could have actually wiped all everybody out and started all over again if he wanted to. But because of his love, just because of his infinite love, that he knew us before we were formed in Jeremiah 1. And he knew and he said, and I have a plan for you. So here you have these thousands of people that are sitting in the desert and trying to figure out what's doing. And Moses said to them, look here, we got to dwell in God. We got to live in God. We got to walk in its precepts. We got to do, we got to do whatever he tells us to do. But you can't be impatient. Then he sends us thousands of angels. And I say that because each of them probably had angels at the bedside or right there with them. And he told them, 
I'm going to give you your own personal angel. I'm going to give you your own little buddy. So you don't know that God is protecting you at all times. You ever seen those TV shows and you see um, um, this girl, uh, I think it's one uh, Whitney Houston in this movie called Bodyguard. And everywhere she went, she was famous. She was, she was notorious. And he always had this bodyguard. And this bodyguard was there was to protect her and, and make sure nobody would harm her. Nobody would do anything wrong to her because he had, that was the bodyguard. And eventually um, they began to fall in love with each other. And you know what? We need to learn to fall in love with Jesus over and over and over again. Every time we wake up in the morning, the Bible says, I, I see new mercies. I see he's given me another chance. I see he loved me anyhow. I See, God, what the thing that you want me to see. Hallelujah. So you got to know that when we're in that secret place of God, that, yeah, the enemy will come out to destroy you. Yeah, the enemy will try to make it look like that we that it can't get any better, but it can. Why? Because you now are dwelling in. You moved in to the Holy Ghost. You moved in a place of secrecy. You moved in a place that it says God and you and you and God. And there's no, the Bible says there's no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. Which means the enemy will come, but he can't do nothing about it. It said the enemy will come, but he can't stop me. He can't block me. He might hinder me, but he can't do too much. Why? Because Jesus Christ is our superstar. Jesus Christ is that that moved in us now. Because once we give our lives, we move, the Holy Ghost takes up residence in us. He walks with us. He talks with us. He moves on our behalf. Why? Because now we're in a secret place. And that secret place is the sovereignty of God. The sovereign space of God. That place that when God breathes, he breathes on you. In that place where God waits for you, you wait for him. And a place of sovereignty that nobody can do anything unless God allows. People complain about all this devastation and death in the last two years. But one thing I do know with a surety, nobody leaves here without God's allowing things to happen. And you say, why? We don't know. Look, for example, Job. Job says, uh, they said about Job that he was a uh, 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 upstanding person, hated evil. But God allowed him to be tested. Sometimes God allow us to be tested. You say, why? I don't know. I'm not God. God gives us, sometimes he, he allows us to go through testing time. But when we go through testing time, we end up uh, reigning with him one day. In other words, when we go through all this testing time, there will be a time. And we continue to do what God calls us to do. There will be a time where we be able to meet our Jesus one day. 
because of our testing time. He elevates us in the spirit. He teaches us more today than we knew yesterday. I know more now at this age than I ever knew before. I know more about God than I've ever known in my whole life. And I know there is a God. I know because we move and we breathe in the spirit of God. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to realize and know that we have to dwell in the spirit of God. Not in a building, not in a circumstance, not in a car, not in a house. But we have to learn to move within the spirit of God. Amen. Okay. The inner man. That's why we don't have churches usual on the outer man. That everybody runs the church on Sunday and Wednesday or whatever night you have. But the God that we serve should live on the inside. My God, my God. We don't want to visit God. But we move in the spirit of God. Come on, come on. And when you move in the spirit of God, then you can feel the fervency of God. Again, when we move in the realm of the spirit, we feel the inner man in you tapping into the spirit of God. My God. So it's not about a man, a woman, a calling, a building, but it's the spirit that calls it. Jesus. As his scripture says this, it says the deep calleth unto the deep. Yes. The deep calleth into the deep. So when I get into the dwelling place of God spiritually, what I want you to do, y'all close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. And I want you to just look and think about what I'm saying. I want you to reach out and feel the spirit and grab it and pull it to you. Because the spirit calleth unto the deep, to the deep things of God, to the deep moving of God. That's why Moses was so powerful. Why? Because the deep of God was calling to him. So he would go up into the mountain and God would speak with him spiritually. My God. And sometimes Moses would come down from the mountain the glory of God was on Moses. Why? Because he was into the presence of God. He was in the spirit of God and the veil of God was upon him when he came down to talk to his people. So therefore we move into the spirit. Not something that you can touch, nothing you can taste, but that thing in you that, that, that challenges you to live right. That thing in you that would challenge you when you know what the word of God says, but you do it now. You do it anyhow. That spirit that grabs hold to you and says, no, don't do that. No, don't say that. Why? Because it's a spirit that is good that lets you know the good between 
good and evil. Good and evil. Because, again, he's talking about that living in God. And when you live in the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit stops you from doing things that you want to do or think about doing. Why? Because you are afraid. Because you want to learn to live in the presence of God. God. And the preacher says to us, well, preacher, how can I, how do I begin to live in the, the spirit of God? First of all, you have to repent. First thing I do in the morning, I say, Lord, I repent. I don't know what I dreamed about. I don't know what went on, but we have to repent. Paul says we must die daily. So anything you know that is that will pull yourself away from God is a repentance. Yes, Lord. And whether it's a candy bar or whether it's homosexuality, no matter what it is, the spirit of God should be the most important thing in your life. And then you get in your Bible. Uh, then you begin to pray. And you build a relationship with God. Yes, Lord. So how do you build your relationship with God? You get on your face. You get on your knees. Or you begin to talk to God. And say, God, I, I don't even know how to approach you. I, I don't really know. I'm not good at this yet. But God, just talk to me. Just, just Even if you'll just talk. Just, I just want to feel your presence. I just, I just want to feel that you're with me. I just want to know how you are. I don't, I just want to get closer now. God, I'm getting older. I, oh I don't want to die and be lost. I don't want to lie. I don't want to cheat. I don't, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings no more because I, I know what it feels like to be hurt. Have you, have you ever just been hurt? I, I ain't talking about physically hurt, but have you ever been spiritually hurt? Have you been hurt by your daddy, hurt by your children, hurt by your husband, hurt by folks that you thought you could trust? When that hurt, that thing you get so wounded that you think you'll never get away from, that thing that wounds you so much that you don't trust nobody else, that thing that wounds you so that you ain't want to be around nobody else. Why? Because you've been hurt. You've been wounded. You have been destroyed. But in God, you can leave your hurt behind. And so, Lord, I don't know how, but help me. I don't know how to face situations anymore, but help me. I don't know how to deal issues no more, but you help me, God. I can't breathe without you. I realize that if I die tonight, I just want to, I want to live for you. But God, help me to understand. I don't need, teach me to touch me. Teach me to love me, God. Because some folks don't love me. Sometimes bitter. People are bitter. Why? Because they don't know how to love themselves. That's it. People are angry because they're bitter. And they don't know. They don't love themselves. That's why That's why they're so mean. And that's it's so nasty. And that's how everything is short. They're, they're short patients. They ain't got no conscience. They ain't got no care. Because they don't love themselves. We have to learn to say, God, help me to be lovable. Help me to be kind. Yes. Help me to be long-suffering. Help me to have joy in my life. I'm dangerous. I'm afraid of people that never laugh. I'm afraid of people that's always mean and nasty because their heart, their heart is hurting. They're hurting for they're hurting for love and they don't know how to give love. And if you can't give love, you sure can't receive no love. But in that place with God, 
in that secret place with God. My God. He me. is giving me a place that I can tap into him. I can get in that secret place and no, feel no hurt, no harm, no danger in that secret place. I can get away and, uh, and say, Lord, uh, help me to go go through the, the death of my mother and I got, I'm okay now. I'm not, I'm not happy, but God can bear it. He said, I, I, I bear the, my, my, my thing against the stone because I'm so hurt. I'm so lost. That thing that you love the most, when it's gone, you don't know what to do, but he's there with Jesus. us in our secret storms, in our edge of night, in, in everything that we go through because of his love. His love, his love, his love, his love. His love is for everlasting. His love keeps me. His love holds me. His love protects me. His love regulates my blood pressure. Jesus. He loves me. He loves me. I got a new revelation from children years ago when that song says, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Why? For the Bible tells me so. The Bible, not what man says, what husband says, what children said, but Jesus, you said you love me and, and Jesus loves me. Jesus does not lie. Jesus is the only man that I know. My entity has never lied. And sometimes it's so hard when you you're connected to people that lie so much you don't know whether they're telling the truth. Oh my God. But it's a spirit, it's a spirit. But when I get in my secret place, it doesn't matter whether he loves me or not. When I'm in that secret place, it doesn't matter whether they like me, love me, don't do nothing for me. Why? Because I'm in that secret place with God and he promised me. My God. He shall provide all of my needs. I don't know your old son, not about sick. Have your way, Holy Ghost. I'm not depending on pen. I am not depending on winning the lottery. I'm depending on Jesus. I'm depending on Jesus. Every step I take, every moment I make, every night when I can't sleep, I'm depending on him. And him alone, like the children of Israel, standing in the desert. And they didn't even know they were going to get next to the water where, where the children were going to walk across the water. You didn't even, you, we, they had not even gotten to the water yet. But they knew they were desperate. They knew they were lonely. They knew they didn't understand. They knew they were in a mess and they didn't know what to do. Some of the people began to re rebel because they didn't trust God. Like us, sometimes we don't trust God. We try to fix things. Some things can't be fixed. That's why some things people begin to cry, God, why, 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 why? 
God's trying to fix you and you're trying to fix God to do what you want to do. Uh-oh, walk it, But God doesn't prophet. move by what I want. God moves by his power. God doesn't move by my dreams. God moves by what he wants for me. I don't move by what God says, by what I want, but I move. I ask God every day. God, you are my footsteps. If it's just a half a step, God, order my footsteps. Because what I know, my steps, my footsteps are fulfilled. I am in the plan of God. My God. I want to be in the plan of God. I want to be in the plan of God. I don't want no more stuff. I don't want to be in no. I don't want to be like nobody else. I, I just want to be me. I, I I just don't want to be Juanita Bynum. I don't want to be Joyce Myers. I don't want to be Tina Dix. I don't want to be nobody else. I don't want to be nobody else. I want to be me. I want to be what Jesus called me to be. Why? Because I believe that I am a designer's original in Christ. My God. I believe that I am a designer's original in Christ. When I can be who God wants me to be, then God can use me. When I'm trying to be everybody else, I don't want to be nobody else. But I want to learn to walk in and just literally walk in spiritually in the realm of God, in the spirit. Tap into the mind of God. And it's not about a healing. I'm already healed. It's not about a want, a want of money. But it's just about Jesus now. Oh my God. Have you ever just wanted to get somewhere in a place, in a, in, in a room just by you and Jesus and Jesus and you? Folks, we got to have some, some, some me time with God. We have me time on a husband and wife night. We have a me time for me and my children and my daughter. We need some me time. We go to church and we get on the knees. But we need some me time with you and Jesus on your floor and crying out again and again. Jesus, what must I to be saved? Jesus, save me again, oh again, and again. Even my afterthought, even my throat thought, God, help me to be the woman that you wanted me. God, I need you now. Why he said, now faith. Because the children of Israel didn't even realize they needed the faith of God just to get to through the desert. And Moses himself he messed up. That's the only reason he didn't get into uh, the, uh, the new land. Because he let folks provoke him. We can't, let folks, we can't let folks provoke us in the middle of our storms. Uh -huh. We can't let folks provoke us because they mad with us. They, you can't let, let people provoke you and you've got a great destiny in God. You can't let folks provoke you because sometimes folks ain't going nowhere and they don't want you to go nowhere with them. It doesn't, it's not about money. It's about Jesus. Uh, if God has signed a thousand to me and if I get those thousand, I'm fine with that. If God assigned 30 to people to me in my lifetime, I want the best three 35 people in my life that they when they when I leave this earth they'll say surely this must be the hand of God on that woman of God hallelujah I'm not looking for nothing I'm looking for my relationship 
because he that dwelleth. That's me, you, you, he that dwelleth. He didn't say one name by name, but he said he. You, John. You, James. You, Mary. You, Kathy. He that dwelleth in a secret place. And a secret place is not a place that everybody can find. But in that secret place, you are deliberately in a hiding place. So you can connect with God. That's what it's about. It's about connecting with the almighty God. Connecting with Elohim. God more than enough. God our shepherd man. The God of God. The king of kings. Lord of lords. He is that shalom. The peace of God. Shalom. The peace of Elohim himself. Peace of God. That I can get through the desert. Peace of God. That I can get through school. The peace of God. No matter what's going on in my life. The peace of a God. That God's favoring me. The peace of God. No matter what's happening, the peace of God. That if I lose everything, God's promised me double for my trouble. Why? Because the peace of God that passes all understanding. So I don't have to understand God. I just have to get through with God. I don't have to understand God. I've got to get through God. I've got to get through the situation. I've got to get to the other side. And when I get to the other side, then I can turn around and look back and say, I thank God that he taught me. He, God, he brought me over to the other side. But the only two people that came out of this desert originally was Joshua and the one next to him. You talk about a whole generation of people that died and new ones came up in the desert. Why? Because they didn't listen to God. Why? You can't trust God. And that's why he got there and he began to tell them, you got to do it right. You got to walk like him. You got to live in a place of God. You got to live in a place of prayer. You got to live in a place of deception. You got to live in a place that when you make mistakes, get yourself and get it right with God. You don't need no strange gods. You don't need no no prostitutes. You don't need no, no all this stuff. No, no, no. He said, get in the place but I can tap into your spirit and change your attitude. Some of us don't attitude change. We think we all right. No, you ain't all right. You need Jesus. Just like I ain't all right. I need Jesus. No, 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 no. You mean, you're nasty, you're cantankerous, you no good, you do what you want, and you say you feel? No, 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 no. Ah, no, what the word says, love. Kindness, joy, suffering. To, when you can't get, you don't got all the gifts. Then, baby, you need to check your records because it ain't lining up with the word of God. Go and look in Galatians. My God, my God. Book of Galatians lets you know what you got to have. If you can't get it in Galatians, baby, I don't know where you're going to get it. Galatians tells us how we have to act as believers. We just can't talk to talk 
and not walk the walk. And that's what the children of Israel were doing at that time. They were talking and acting and complaining and running and acting foolish. God began to give this message to Moses. Then you look inward. You've got to look on the inside. If there's anything you're not like God, work on it. If there's anything like that that's not in the will of God, look inward and say, Lord, fix it. Save me all over again. Paul said this. He said, he said, when I went to, now this is the apostle Paul that wrote a third of the New Testament. Paul, he said this. Uh, he said, when I went to do good, evil was present. So that means all of us have some good and some evil in us. All of us have some shortfall. But the key is when you recognize your sin and your shortfall, you go ahead and get it done. And you've got to have all nine gifts of the fruit. Joy, happiness, uh, faithfulness, joy, everything that you need to have. And that allows us to be equipped to walk in the newness of life. Why? Because he's teaching the children of Israel now to learn to live in me, breathe in me, talk in me, walk in me, study my word, having a prayer life, having a consistent uh, uh, fasting life, have a life of celibacy. You've got to have a life of doing what is right according to the word of God. Are you one of the ones like Job? God, he bragged on Job. And he allowed him to be tested. Why? Because he knew in the end that Job would be faithful. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, when you go before God, will you pass the test? If that, will you pass the test? Will you get in a place of moving inward in the spirit and asking God to deliver you from you? Ask God to deliver you from you. You know when you're wrong and when you know when you're right. And the only way you don't know you're wrong is one, either you just don't want to know that you're wrong, or two, you really just don't know no better. But either way, you have to acknowledge when you're wrong, not to me, but to God. Because God judges us according to how we treat people. That's right. Amen. He judges us according to his word. And you can't say somebody you love him you don't want to do nothing for. It is not in the book. And if it's in the book, somebody call me and tell me what the word is. And if it's not in the book, then we're not supposed to do it. Love covers a multitude of sins. So it's no excuse. When you know better, you got to do better. 
same way the children of Israel is in the desert. And he dispatched his angels. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Father, we ask you now to dispatch our angels. God, we praise you now. Dispatch our angels. Y'all take your hands up and hold them up in the, uh, in the air, right and left. We're going to ask God now, wherever you are, we're going to dispatch your angel. Father, we thank you now for the word. God, we thank you to dispatch our angel. God, the angel that you have, you have dispatched for us. The angel that you have assigned for us. We dispatch the angels around the country of America and all the countries in the world that listen to us on the podcast. We dispatch our angels to be with you in the time of trouble. We dispatch our angels to cover us in the time of trouble. God, we dispatch a multitude of angels around the earth. And we praise you, God, and we adore you. God, we ask you today, also tonight, to deliver us from us. Deliver us from us. Deliver us from our shortfall. Deliver us from our meanness and our madness, our cantankerousness, the lying, the cheating. Whatever us need to be delivered from, God, deliver us from us. God, help us not to look on other people, but save us from us. Wash us from us. Cleanse us from us. Because, God, we want to make it into the kingdom. God, is there anything in the last 24 hours that we need to repent from? God, we repent. Is there anything in a lifetime that we not have not repented from? God, we repent in the name of Jesus. And we call the hosts of angels uh, and camp around us in the name of Jesus. Uh, God, I speak to the atmosphere. In the name of Jesus, I speak it from the north, the south, the east and the west. I speak the directional finder in our lives in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for our GPS that put in our loins tonight, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you now. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the fire. Your way, we Holy thank Ghost. you for the fire of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the woman of Messiah. We thank you for the wounds from which we came. We thank you, God, because you know the way that we take. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. God. Yeah, we praise you now. We glorify you now. We call on your name now. Your Bible says unto him who is able to keep us from falling, God. Don't let us fall and be lost. God, we thank you now, God. God, for the Anamosa. I hear you, God. For millions of Anamosa preachers now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, wash them, cleanse them, keep them in your holy ways. And then I'm outside. God, don't let them be lost, God. And most of all, God, don't let the people be lost that sit under them that's not like Christ. In the name of Jesus, we praise you for your words. We praise you for the anointing, God. And we thank you, God, that we have stepped 
into the realm of the Spirit of God, not cleansing, but we step in, and we thank you now that we step in spiritually into the realm of God, and we ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, bless us, keep us, hold us, in the palm of your hand, God. Don't let us come out of your palm. And the palm represents the authority and the cross. The authority of God and the cross of Jesus Christ. We thank you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you um, for the per- the. the the word tonight. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Africa. Thank you for Ireland. Thank you for Russia. Thank you for Cuba. Thank you around the world, all the parts of Africa, all over Africa. We've got a big following in Africa. Um, I thank you all over the world that you would take a time out to listen to me that what thus said the Lord. And we thank you now. We thank you for my invitations to Africa. I'm calling those things that are not as though they were. I thank you for my invitation to Africa. Hallelujah. I thank you, God. Hallelujah for Ireland, God. We thank you in advance. Uh, We thank you because, no, hallelujah, God has promised us that I would hit foreign soil again. Uh, Not like on a plane going to to England or going to uh, Germany. But God has promised me, so I know it's going to happen. Um, we thank you, like I say, for everyone on the line. And thank you uh, for y'all listening uh, to the word of God. And we thank you for being a part of our podcast. It's called The Mantle of Prayer. And God gave that to me simply because he was praying about the prophets, Elijah, Elijah. And the prophet Elijah, Elijah were dynamic prophets. And now I don't know whether you know, ladies and gentlemen, we're walking right now in a prophetic movement of God. That's why when you turn the TV on, all you see is the prophetic words coming on the TV screens everywhere. Earthquakes in diverse places because God is sending his word and God is speaking his word and God is shaking the atmosphere. Uh, Look at that word atmosphere, atmosphere means different kind of gases, physical gases. So God is getting ready to move by his power. So we thank God for the prophetic anointing. We thank you. Get ready for the holidays. And we thank you in advance. So y'all continue to um, to continue to follow our podcast. Um, let's close out. Father, we thank you um, for your word tonight. We thank you for the move of God. I thank you for the spirit of God. And I thank you, God, right now, even Anamosa, even that woman now named Cassandra, not Sandra, but Cassandra. I hear you. God says he's going to answer your prayer. Yes, in too many days, God says, I'm going to answer your prayer, Cassandra. Hallelujah. And we send a healing bomb of Gilead to Africa. Hallelujah. And we know that your country has been hit by the by 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 this this thing that's happening. But God knows what he's doing. Just keep yourself, we'll keep you in prayer. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the host of angels. 
I dispatch my my delegations of angels to Africa right now in the name of Jesus. I dispatch my angels, hallelujah, in El Salvador. Shaman, Salvador. Amen. I dispatch my angels now. Even Abosa, even your radio stations, even in those little churches, I dispatch an angel right there where you sit. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I dispatch my angels. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, even in Russia. Ireland, Ireland, I thank you for the support. I dispatch a host of angels around the airways and right where you are in the name of Jesus because you've always been following us from the beginning of this ministry. Amen, amen. Well, God bless you, saints, and we'll see you next Thursday night. We have people all week gone on this podcast, just about every night now or soon to come. And to stay abreast what's going on. God bless you. Amen and amen. Get ready, saints. Apostle Erica Robinson, founder and CEO of ELR Prophetic Shift Podcasting Network, has put together an all-star lineup that will have you praising and shouting as the truth from the Spirit of God is released. Now mark your calendars and prepare yourself. On Sundays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Apostle Erica Robinson will be coming forth with Sunday morning manna. And on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Pastor Jack Holman will take us to the river in God's Word. And on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, the main course is served by Chief Apostle Rodney Tate in apostolic alignment. And for dessert... On Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Prophetess Glenda Lane will cover you in a mantle of prayer. Now you're just a phone call away from your blessing. So call in. The number is 636-422-0344. Again, that's 636 422 0344 on the days and times given. I promise you, you won't regret it. For more information, contact us at elrpropheticshift.com.
wixsite.com forward slash podcast network. See you there.